When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. Through my bedroom window, I could see the full moon sailing across the sky. It was calling me to walk in the night air and dance with the crickets calling for summer flings. I slipped out of bed, pulled a green fuzzy blanket round my shoulders and found my way to the grass in the backyard, letting the cool air ruffle my hair. Everything was lit by moonlight and all were shades of black, white and silver. Except for something glowing on the far side of the garden. Colors shining ever so faintly in the darkness. The stories for this episode are one story told by two tellers. It's always a delight when I can find the same story told two different ways and present it to you, lovely listener, side by side. My hope is that you will hear the story, and if you are inspired, discover your own way of telling it for others to enjoy. The first teller is Liz Weir, the enchanting and generous storyteller from Northern Ireland. She has events often, so those in her area do look her up and discover the wonder of hearing her live. This is her telling, One Wish. A long time ago, a man and his wife lived on a small farm in County Mayo. The man's parents lived with them, and because the land was poor, they had very little money. Like every other family, they'd known sorrow. The old woman had lost her eyesight. She'd been totally blind for ten years. And though the young couple had wished for a child of their own, in the five years they'd been married, no child had been born to them. Despite all the hardships, the young man managed to keep the place going and keep food on the table for all his family. But one day, they heard news of a blight on the potato crop and soon starvation came to their door. He knew it was up to him to save the others, and decided to go to the only place where there was still game to be hunted, the landlord's estate. Now this landlord was one of the hard kind. He said that anyone caught poaching in his land should be hanged. The young man knew the risk he was taking, but he felt he had no choice. He took an old hatchet, the only weapon he had, and crept over the wall into the estate. He roamed all day searching for something to kill, and as evening fell, he cornered a beautiful white deer. As he lifted his hatchet to strike it, the deer spoke. Spare me, it said. Spare me, and I'll grant you one wish. The young man nearly collapsed on the spot with fright, A talking deer? A wish? What nonsense is this? But the deer continued. Listen, it said. If you kill me, you'll be hanged. If you asked for a wish, it could save you and your family. Come back tomorrow with your answer. 
I'll still be here if you decide to kill me. The young man couldn't believe what he'd heard. He thought the hunger was starting to affect him. He walked home, and the first person he met was his father. He told him all about the deer and the chance of a wish, and the old man immediately said, Wish for gold. Gold will solve all our problems. The young man loved and respected his father, but though he thought about his answer, he decided to talk to his mother as well. She listened to his tale and immediately said, Wish for my eyesight to be restored. That's more precious than gold. He loved his mother and thought over her answer as well, but he felt he should also discuss it with his own wife. She listened to his tale and immediately said, Husband, I love your mother and your father too, but for years now we've been praying for a child of our own. Surely that's the most precious wish of all. The poor young man didn't know what to do. He knew he could only have one wish, but which was it to be? The eyesight, the gold, a child. He tossed and turned all night long, unable to sleep with the worry of the decision. Should he even take a wish at all? Early the next morning, he went out into the estate. There was the white deer, exactly where he'd seen it before. Well, said the deer, have you decided to take a wish? Indeed I have, said the young man. Well, name it and it shall be granted. The young man took a deep breath and slowly said, I wish my mother could see my wife rocking our child in a golden cradle. And his one wish was granted, so that the family lived in comfort and happiness for many years. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Sleeping Beauty Lip Balm. Chapped and dry lips keeping even the frogs from lining up for kisses? Try Sleeping Beauty Lip Balm with flavors like rosehip, ginger, apple, and this week's special, Plumping Phoenix Feather, which will help your lips rise from the ashes of a dry winter. Sleeping Beauty Lip Balm, guaranteed for over 100 kisses. My feet were wet with dew as I made my way over towards the colors. As I came closer, they shone brighter. Red, blue, yellow, purple flowers glowing in the grass on vines that had pushed up and reached towards the moon. The flowers all faced the big bright moon in the sky, like sunflowers looking for light. How beautiful! I'd never seen them before, and gathering one of each color brought them inside without turning on a light. I filled a jar with water and took them to my room. As I put the flowers on the window sills, all the heads turned again slowly toward the moon and the sky. I gazed at them as I fell asleep, soft colors filling my dreams. In the morning, when I woke, I turned to look at them again, but they were gone. And there, across the window sill and spilling onto the floor, were colorful lines of moon dust. The second teller for this episode has graced the podcast frequently and has been and will be a guest host, and of course has a hundred voices that weave their way through his stories. I'm speaking, of course, of Simon Brooks, who hails from New Hampshire and also tells another version of One Wish. David and Deirdre lived in a small cottage. 
It was run down, there were some holes in the walls and the roof needed repairing. David was a woodcutter, didn't make much money. And Deirdre, who was a seamstress, didn't bring in that much more. They lived with David's parents, David's da and ma. David's da couldn't work because the arthritis in his hands made it impossible for him to hold any tools. And David's ma, well, her eyesight long ago had faded to darkness. She was now blind. One day, David was out in the woods, gathering wood, cutting the lower limbs off the branches, and he stopped to take lunch. He took out his pasty and his bottle to drink and sat down on a log that was there when something caught his eye. He turned, at first thinking that it was a fairly large creature running across the clearing, but when he looked, he saw that it wasn't a large creature at all, but it was a wee person. It was one of the fairy folk, and right behind it was a fox. David leapt up with his axe and ran, shouting at the fox, scaring it away from the fairy. The fairy changed direction, trying to get away from David, thinking that he was after her. The fox had run off some distance. She leapt up onto a log, but a foot went through it. David just watched, amazed that he could see a fairy. He'd never seen a fairy before. There she was, dressed in green. Grasses and, and leaves seemed to make up her clothes. The fox saw the trapped fairy and ran back to the creature, looking for its meal. David ran at it, swinging his axe once more, shouting, Leave her alone! Leave her alone! The fox ran off, yelping and squealing. David walked up to the fairy. Are you all right? he said. Well, it'd be a lot better if I wasn't stuck in this log now. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, said David. Uh, let me help you. And David dropped the head of his axe into the rotten log and turned it, twisting it, forcing the crack that the, that the fairy had put a foot through to open up so she was able to free herself. They looked at one another. I have some lunch, said David. Would you like to share some? Well, I suppose I could, said the fairy. And the two of them went back to the log. The fairy, who was about knee-high on David, jumped up onto the log and he broke some of his pasty off and handed it to her and ate the rest himself. And they shared the bottle between them. And when they were done, David, still not quite believing that he was sat next to a fairy in the woods, said, Well, I better be getting back on with me work. Well, I suppose you want a wish, don't you? said the fairy. A wish? I'd love a wish. David knew exactly what he'd wish for. He and his wife, Deirdre, had been trying to have a baby but hadn't been very successful. I'd love a wish. You're not getting more than one, though. It's not like you saved me life. You only freed me up from the log. <laughs> I see. No, one wish would be fine. Thank you very much. The fairy reached into a pocket and pulled something out that was silver and shining and gossamer-like, waving in the wind. It looked like stars sewn together. Oh, that's beautiful, said David. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a tinder box. He took out the flint and made a nest out of the tinder and held it down to the fairy. She placed the wish carefully into it and looked up at David. Don't be wishing for anything silly-like. You know, don't be wishing for more wishes, because that won't work. Think about what you, what you want and, and make a careful wish. All right. OK, said David as he closed the tinderbox and put it back in his pocket. When he looked up to thank the fairy, 
she'd already gone. David gathered the wood that he'd collected, gathered the wood that he'd cut down, put it into his cart, and made his way quickly home. Deirdre, Deirdre, you won't believe what happened. I saw a fairy. What are you talking about? You saw a fairy? No. I did. I swear I saw a fairy. Look, look, come here. I've got a wish. The fairy gave me a wish. And David told Deirdre about what had happened. He took the tin out of his pocket and opened it. And there was the wish, still looking like a thousand stars sewn together, shimmering and gossamer-like. Oh, I know what we can wish for, said Deirdre. I do too, said David, smiling. And then David's ma came into the room. What's that? You you have a wish? You've got a wish? What are you going to wish for? Well, we were thinking of wishing for a baby for me and Deirdre. We've been trying so hard to get a baby and we've not had one yet. What do you want to do that for? I I haven't seen your face in I don't know how many years and I, I can barely remember it. She reached up and touched David's face. Why not wish for my eyesight back and, and, and then I can see the baby. You're young, you're healthy, you'll have a child at some time. But, but no, wish for my eyesight back so when you do have a baby I'll be able to see it. A wish. David's dar came in. A wish. What do you want to wish your, your, your mother's eyesight back? You should wish for gold. Then we can pay for a doctor to fix your mother's eyes. You're young enough to have a child. The time will come. You want gold. I mean, look at the holes in the walls of this house. Look at the roof. It needs fixing. How can you bring a child up in a house that's filled with the cold that comes in the winter? And the drafts that come through in the summer. No, wish for gold. No, wish for my eyes. Oh, why don't we wish for the baby? And so the argument began. The baby, the gold, the eyesight. David couldn't stand it anymore. He left the cottage and walked out, outside and up onto the top of the hill. The sun was getting lower and lower in the sky. The sky was turning from blue to purple to orange to reds and yellows. He sat down under the, under the great oak tree that was on the top of the hill. He watched the clouds changing shape and he thought of his mother's eyesight. She used to love to sit on the porch and watch the sunset. She'd still sit on the porch, but she couldn't see the colours or the changing clouds. She would just feel the warmth of the sun getting less and less as it dropped below the horizon. And as the colours in the sky changed, David thought of the gold that his father wanted. And then suddenly from, from the forest, he heard the cry of a magpie that sounded like the cry of a baby. And then David knew what he was going to wish for. He saw a cloud changing shape and the golden sunlight hitting the cloud. Yes, he knew what he'd wish for. He ran back to the cottage and walked in. I know what I'm going to wish for, he said. What? Are you going to wish for a baby? Are you going to wish for my eyes? Are you going to wish for gold? No, no, listen, listen, sit down and listen. David took the tinderbox out of his pocket and opened it. Shining, shimmering, almost invisible, almost not there. Like a thousand stars shining, like a thousand stars sewn together with spider's webs. He looked at the wish and he said, in a clear voice. I wish. 
I wish that my mother could see our child healthy and happy in a crib made of gold. Over the next few weeks, David's ma's eyesight began to return. She began to see the colours of the, the setting sun and the clouds changing shape. She could see her son's face, her daughter-in-law's face. She could see her daughter-in-law's belly getting larger and larger as Deirdre grew heavy with child. And when the child was born, a golden crib appeared at the foot of their bed. And so, with a few well-chosen, with a few careful words, with one wish, David made three wishes come true. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Liz Weir and Simon Brooks on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor is Marcus If. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. While you're there, check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Maybe you'll hear them here soon. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast for as little as $4 a month, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com and hear me read your name and thank your beautiful face for the world to hear. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you'd be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.